This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk about the impact of melting sea ice now, its impact on the Arctic and the rest of the planet. My guest is science writer Olive Heffernan, currently working on a book on the topic. She just got back from the Arctic on assignment with National Geographic. We've reached her in Dublin, Ireland. Hello, Olive. Hi, Mike. Hi. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Where were you in the Arctic recently? Yeah, so I was on an expedition in a place called the Fram Strait. Um, and so Fram Strait is a deep corridor that basically um, it connects the Arctic Ocean to the Atlantic. It's a really interesting part of the Arctic because it's, it's the Arctic's richest feeding ground for marine life. So that's why we're, we were there. And I was with a bunch of U.S. scientists and also with Greenpeace who are basically running a campaign to highlight threats to the global ocean over the next 11 months. And the first leg of the expedition was in the Arctic. What kind of impacts did you see up there from uh, melting sea ice and climate change? Well, um, so I was there with a bunch of scientists who were really interested in looking at the impacts on whales, in particular that come to feed there at the edge of the ice sheet in spring. And I mean, as you know, I guess sea ice is, you know, it's, basically at a record low in terms of its summer extent in the Arctic. Um, it's really melting quite rapidly. In the Fram Strait, it's interesting because the sea ice is thinning. So it's 30% thinner there now than it was 15 years ago. Um, and also what's happening in that area is that warm waters are coming in from the Atlantic. So there's, it's undergoing Atlantification. The Arctic is becoming more like the Atlantic with climate change. And that's really affecting the feeding conditions for these animals. It's not just whales that come to feed here. It's all sorts of animals. You get like tiny creatures like zooplankton, um, all the way up to fish, squid, walruses, seals, and the whales that we were looking at, which were bowheads, belugas, and narwhals. What's the impact on these animals? Is, are, is it a negative impact on the whole, or do some animals in some ways benefit from it? Or how does yeah, it work? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good question. You know, it's interesting because in the short term, actually, in Fram Strait, um, the impact is, is positive. Although, yeah. you know, as the sea ice vanishes, it will, it will definitely become catastrophic. Um, so in the short term, what's happening is that, you know, I mentioned the sea ice has thinned in Fram Strait, but for the time being, there's actually still a reasonable amount of sea ice in Fram Strait. Um, and, and there's these warmer waters coming in. And that's basically two things are happening. So there's two sources of food that these animals come to feed on. One is these algae that live in the sea ice. And these are like a luxury food item in the Arctic. They're like really high-end food. They're very rich in fats. They're very nutritious. And they thrive. They live in the sea ice. And they thrive in really low light conditions and they get released into the water really early in spring. So, you know, far before you're kind of getting any of your regular phytoplankton blooms. But then when the sea ice melts, you get light hitting the water and that stimulates phytoplankton. And that's your second source of of food. And that's a kind of a cheaper, more like a cheap diner sort of a food rather than a, a luxury food item. And at the moment, so you've got, you know, it's like imagine you had a neighborhood with both sort of luxury, high-end restaurants and cheap diners. And that's what it's like at the moment. They've got both. Um, so that's kind of amazing. There's lots of food. And, you know, as the sea ice retreats, 
in the short term, there's parts of farm straight that are going to become more productive for phytoplankton. So, you know, you'll get more light hitting the open water and that will produce more phytoplankton. But actually, in the long term, as the sea ice vanishes, of course, the luxury food goes. And that's going to have a really bad effect on body condition for these animals. Um, And other things are happening, too, like the more, I suppose, warm the warmer the waters become, um, that also will affect how much phytoplankton uh, um, happens in the water. So we'll just get one big spring bloom early on and very little food throughout the rest of the season. So, I mean, ultimately, in the long run, it's a bad thing. Okay, I'm speaking to science writer Olive Heffernan, just back from the Arctic. She's working on a, a book on the, on the topic on looking at the impact of melting sea ice. What about the impact on the most iconic animals that we often associate with climate change i'm thinking like polar bears walruses what's the impact on, on these specific animals that we all recognize and love you know yeah i mean that's also a good, great question i think you know i mean as the sea ice retreats i think that you know so many of these animals are dependent on sea ice for hunting um but you know i think it just really reduces the area that they have you're going to see a lot more crowding, I think, for walruses in the short term. But, you know, in the long term, you're just going to, without the sea ice, the, you know, polar bears just can't really survive and hunt effectively in that environment. They end up having to swim much further distances. Um, and, you know, I think for, for when you think about the whales, bowheads are probably the most iconic species there. Um, and I think for them... You know, it's really negative because they're plankton feeders. They feed on these tiny copepods in the water. Um, and so they can't really adapt. You know, when you think about some of the other animals like belugas and narwhals, they're really opportunistic. They can actually just change and switch from one diet to another much more easily. But, you know, some of these animals are very adapted to specific conditions and they, and they can't just switch from one source to another. So the future isn't looking so good for them. Yeah. So uh, you anticipated kind of a question that was going through my mind, and that is, can animals adapt to these changing conditions? And I guess, like you say, it, it depends on the species. We, we, we often hear stories about animals showing up in parts of the ocean that we've never seen them before. And maybe some animals are able yeah. to adapt and others not. Absolutely. I think that's true. I mean, I think there's going to be winners and losers. You know, yeah. I think for the bowheads, it doesn't look so good. But, you know, having said that, I think in the short term, you know, we've heard stories about, you know, whales turning up in other parts of the Arctic where they usually wouldn't be seen, taking advantage of the fact that, say, if you think about um, the Chuki Sea, for example, there's more sea ice being lost, more phytoplankton blooms happening already. And what we're seeing is, you know, whales going up there that wouldn't usually be there and taking advantage of those conditions now. You know, whether that will last, it's hard to say, but... Yeah, the the effects are complex. There will be winners and losers for sure. How rapidly are the conditions changing up there? I mean, rapidly. It's just incredible. You know, just like the area that we left, we left from a place called Svalbard, which is Norway's Arctic archipelago. And um, I think the the, the air temperatures have been above average for like 100 months running there. At times, they've been 12 degrees Celsius above average. So, you know, you're getting really quite extreme changes in temperature. And, you know, I think if you look sort of more northerly in the Arctic to places like Russia, Siberia, um, that's where sea ice actually forms in nurseries, like baby sea ice basically forms there and then makes its way down to Fram Strait. 
like sea ice is just being lost from there at a much more rapid rate. That's where we're seeing a lot of the sea ice being lost. And even in France Strait, where, you know, it's only thinning, that's a 30% in 15 years is, is pretty huge. So, you know, it's seeing dramatic changes. And then with the influx of, of Atlantic waters as well, and them getting warmer and warmer, it's, um, you know, it's all happening quite quickly. It's, it's changing, I think, at least twice the rate as, as, as the rest of the planet. So, you know, rapid changes. Very hard for any animal, I think, to adapt to. It's very interesting to hear your perspective on it, Olive. Thanks a lot for spending some time with us today. Okay, take care. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, Mike. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Olive Heffernan. She's a okay. science writer. We reached her today in Dublin, Ireland.